One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to this. Thank you for joining us. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. I am here joined by, of course, Phil. How are you, Phil? Hello, JB. You didn't you didn't say the podcast about rugby. Wait, what is what is our line? The podcast about rugby doesn't take itself all, all the, games the game too seriously. Too seriously. But actually, I take myself very seriously, <laughs> and I take the game very seriously. Well, how much you take yourself, how seriously you take yourself, is counterbalanced by uh, the lack of seriousness that. Tim and I give you. Yes, I think that's right. I think that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, and then that's Tim down the line. How are you, Tim? Yeah, very good. Chuckled at that. Nice. <laughs> uh, and why are you down the line? What is your excuse this week? Um, I have. Uh, well, I'm, I'm in a. I'm in a travel lodge hotel in a the travel tavern. Of, uh, yeah, I'm in a travel tavern uh, <laughs> in Waterloo. I've just um, done a day's. A day's work at Talk Sport as part of the Autumn Nation series. And then, as it turned out, covering off the, the final premiership game of the weekend as well. Oh, lovely, lovely. The exceptional coverage on on Talk Sport, I might add. Yeah, get get the app downloaded because we've got every single game radio commentary. So if you find yourself stuck at a ferry and a kid to a club over the weekend or at a wedding or, or wherever you might be where you're not able to watch it on the telly, get Talk Sport on there. Great idea. Right, well, you can also... When Tim's not on TalkSport, find him uh, at Rugby Podcast, which is our twi- Twitter handle. Find us at Contact Gmail. And I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure we've got loads of emails this week. Uh, and contact also, and who else we do? Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that. ContactEggChasers at gmail.com. Yep. Oh, and Patreon. Thank you very much for the Patreon subscribers, which are going through the roof at the moment, which is great, great news. Mm. It's great. We'll have, to, uh, we'll have to get some extra content out. Yeah, maybe not this week because we've got a slightly more basic setup than usual this week. But next week we'll definitely back, be back with some more patron content. Yeah, well, maybe not today because we, yes. uh, yeah, are just getting the podcast out is a feat. But as we as we always say, we're there for you every single Monday morning, fifty two weeks a year. So exactly. we've moved heaven and earth to make this one happen. Absolutely. I've driven all over Charlton and Didsbury to try and get get this to happen tonight. (laughs) What a nightmare. So do you want to go with the Premiership, which has been absolutely awesome this weekend? Or do you want to go with uh, Awesome Internationals? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we've got we've got i mean we'll put both podcasts out so they're, they're there in your feed but we've got to go with the internationals come do on we? all right let's do the internationals so actually i say let's do the, do the internationals uh as, as, as a bit of a gag it was a good weekend of internationals it was all right um depends which ones you watched well there's only one international which is worth watching in my mind the only but, one in fact every year it's the same for the autumns there's only one set one game every weekend that Will really get the hairs on the back of your neck standing up. 
Go on. And how France. did Spain get on? <laughs> yeah, Spain. Spain. Oh my word. Yeah, Spain. Uh, they were not in action this week. But I tell you who was in action. Uh, we're not Spain. Not playing Fiji this week. Oh, were they? It's not showed up. Yeah. Showed, showed up on Ultimate Rugby app. Yeah, don't everyone always trust uh, Ultimate Rugby app? Yeah, after what they did. Yeah, as, as we know from the weight and position of uh, Christie, Andy Christie. <laughs> <laughs> well, the result which caught my eye this week: Canada is like a, in, a complete rugby nadir now. They lost to Portugal, twenty points to seventeen. Yep. I mean. A once great rugby nation, and it's a mess, isn't it? They are on a terminal decline. It looks like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to make of Canada because back in the nineties and two thousands, they were a force. They yeah. produced quality, quality forwards. They were always competitive at the World Cup. They've they've never failed to make a World Cup until this year, um, and they are just yeah seemingly falling apart at the moment. Yeah, and you know they historically it's not. It's not like they don't have the knowledge within the union to push forward, but unfortunately they decided to sack Jamie Cudmore. And I think they've got things which are more important on their mind rather than, men, rather than men's rugby. And that's why we've got this sorry state of affairs. But yeah, Port- Portugal take down Canada. Uh, hmm. Well, interesting one. I'll tell you what, before we go through specific games, let's just jump in with the news that we've had today, which we can we can fold into a conversation later. But it turns out Owen Farrell's uh, COVID test was a, a false positive. He will yeah. be available for selection. Yes. Do you know, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I think it's actually a good thing. So, obviously, Owen Farrell wants to play every single game he can because England, playing for England is special and doesn't matter who you're playing against. But if you're going to miss a game, Tonga would be the one. And it just made me think, you know, if they're in a World Cup, it has happened before. It happened to the All Blacks when they had to get... Um, the beaver out of retirement. Who was Stephen Donald? Yeah, who was sprat fishing at the time. White bait fishing. Oh, yeah. was he white bait, bait fish fishing? Yes, one, yeah. one of the two. Uh, had to get Stephen Donald back. It could happen in the World Cup. It's good to know that you've got depth in your squad and you've got flexibility. Yeah. So it's not ideal, of course, and you know, false positives a nightmare. But so what? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 one silver lining out of a sorry situation with COVID is that it meant Mark Atkinson got an England cap. Well, there's loads yeah. of good things. I mean, how many good things can come out of a 69-3 game? Well, it turns out quite a lot. Well, I, I, I did say came out of COVID. I didn't say out <laughs> of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I specifically enough. made the point, because friend of the pod and former stand-in for Phil is now, is now a bona fide England international. Well, I actually spoke to him uh, today. Did you? Yes, I did. And uh, we're only to refer to him as England's Mark Atkinson now. Absolutely. Yeah. Or Mark Atkinson's England, I think he'd be, he, he prefers. <laughs> it'll, it'll, always be, uh, it'll always be Sausage Legs 10 to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe he changed that Twitter handle. It's, it's quite a thing, isn't it? It's quite a thing. You know, you saw Furbank playing at 10, which is really interesting. Uh, he's very highly rated uh, in Northampton for his ball-playing skills. Uh, Boyd has spoke numerous times about what a skillful player he is, and Northampton played him at 10 as well so I think it's actually quite a good thing they, they know what's in their squad they know who they can take and what the flexibility is for when they go to a, a big tournament because ultimately rugby now is just about four year cycles and building towards the World, towards the World Cup this actually is very useful and, and to have someone like Furbank who has experience of well now international experience of playing both 15 and 10 is very handy for a World Cup squad very handy for a contract renegotiation or, international also, 10 and 15 George Furbank yes hey well 
also, don't forget this, right? Because back in the day, there was a fullback who then became a very, very highly capped fly half. Who, who am I referring to? He moved to fly half because of an injury. Sorry, say again. There was a guy who's going to start at fullback for his nation. From what I understood, he never played uh, fly half for his nation previously. Someone got injured in the warm up, played fly half, and carried on playing fly half for, forever and a day. I don't know. Reese Priestland. Oh, Reese Priestland okay. was never a 10 when he first start, started for Wales. He was always a fullback. Was he? Someone got an ankle injury. Reese Priestland moved to 10, never, uh, never looked back. So when you say. Because. I, I think if I think back of the last fifteen years of Wales fifteens, it's um a bit of Liam Williams, but then the two mainstays were Lee Halfpenny mm-hmm. and Lee Burns. Yep. Those two. Jane so did he did he punctuate those two? Honestly, he wasn't very good. No. <laughs> he just wasn't very good. I mean he was okay. And then they put him in at fifth uh, ten. And I think the secret to Wales back then, and particularly Reese Priestland, is just pass the ball to better players. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did and kicked it really high and he did really well and that was it you can do those two things did, did those two things and it's not like you're England and you're spoiled for choice I mean you know legitimately a smaller nation might look at Furbank now and say right that's our 10 forever uh, England won't, obviously won't do that because they've got 10s coming out, coming out their ears but for a smaller nation if someone can play 10 well there we go well we we, we touched on the the, um, the positive of the false positive for a second there's two negatives of the false positive in my mind. And there's also one other positive. Go on, do you want to do the other positive? Yeah. England's most capped forward was captain for the day. That is good. Which is awesome and played bloody brilliantly. Most capped current forward in the men's game. What did I say? Uh, most England's most capped forward. Oh, yeah, as in England's squad's most capped forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the men's game. In the men's game. Oh, yeah, of course, <laughs> in, the, in the men's game. Always. Always. Um, that is awesome. And an amazing performance as well. That tackle. Yeah, it was Underhill-esque, wasn't it? Uh, it was Might be better than the Hill one. Possibly it's only because Vianu was a former Leicester player. That's the only reason he bothered. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. score well, to settle. Well, actually, Underhill, at the start of that, if you, if you watch it back, Underhill is about level with Courtney Laws when Vianu makes that break. And Underhill takes his foot off the gas because he, he realises he's never going to get him. But Courts doesn't he, yeah. he never gives up i mean i think that was the highlight of the game actually i mean there's lots of scores lots of tries but that, you know the scores are meaningless when it's 69 yeah but that tackle is le- is legit and did you hear what eddie jones is talking about was it this week or last week who would you build your team around yes um tom curry yeah i think in tom curry and courtney laws now they've got two parts of an awesome back row, but they just need, if they just could just get one more world class player. I know that's like, you know, <laughs> a, a big ask, but if they could just find one world class eight from somewhere, they'd have a bloody brilliant back back row. Well, Eddie, I, I was I was I was thinking about the the number eight situation uh, today a little bit because Tom Curry, as you pointed, uh, well, you already mentioned his name. He started at number eight, which uh, Phil kind of said would be his preferred back row balance uh, last week. Yeah, I was thinking about the I, number eight position. Sorry, it was what I thought oh, would it. happen rather than necessarily my preferred. I probably would go for it, but it's also what I thought would happen, what I thought Eddie would yes. do. Well, I was thinking about this and I can understand it because as I was watching the Wasps game today, well, firstly, the, the thing I thought, and we'll talk about this in the Premiership, the thing I thought is we're talking about will it be Don Brandt or... 
Simmons or maybe Vernapola coming back at number eight or Curry, Tom Willis could potentially be that man. But we'll talk yes. about that on the Premiership pod. But Jack Willis is one of the in- injured players. And mm. when he's fit and firing, I think you'd be thinking he's got a start in England's back row, which is another reason why Tom Curry being developed as a number eight could be a great move for England. But Tom Willis. Hang on, I've got the right Willis here. The one that's currently fit. No, the well, Jack Willis. Jack Willis, the one that's not fit. Yeah. I think he's more of a natural eight. And the, I know he's played a bit of eight for Wasps. But Tom or, or Jack, Jack Willis, I think, would be worth a shout now because Tom Willis is an absolute mutant. Well, J- Jack Willis and Tom Curry have the advantage of they can play right across. They can play six, seven, yeah. and eight. They've got the physicality to play. Uh, they're big enough to play six, seven, and eight. And also, they both have the jackling skills to play six, seven, and eight, but which you- is unusual for, for a lot of eight. Like, to, for example, Don Brandt, who's he's an out and out eight in a different mould to some, but I never think of him as having the jackling skills no. to play the other positions. I think they want a sort of Aldrit or Falatal type character, a running, handling eight that can carry a bit. That's what I think. And they're just not that easy to find. No. But they're incredibly hard. And they're even more hard to find in the, in the Premiership because the Premiership doesn't necessarily value those things. Uh, yeah, not... <sighs> Yeah, it doesn't breed too many of them. No. But Dom, Dom Phil, be good in Phil. That. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Phil, Phil, as an England fan, did you see enough um, new of a new shape or a new way of playing or new blood in terms of personnel to get you quite excited about the next couple of years building up to the World Cup? Um, no, not necessarily. And I was actually thinking about just before half-time in this game, Eddie's spoken about wanting to speed the game up. It wasn't certainly that first half. It did. It opened up towards the end more because Tonga um, were exhausted, but it wasn't a particularly fast game. I didn't see very much in that first half to suggest that this was an, turning over a new leaf in terms of the playing style. Albeit, I will caveat that by saying I do like the the squad. I like. I think they've got lots of options in in lots of different positions that I like. So, I'm not I'm not disheartened, but I'm not yet seeing the um, the speed that Eddie Jones has spoken about the team playing with, albeit it was only Tonga, and we'll have a much better idea after the next two weeks worth of games. Yeah, completely, completely. And I don't like the idea that the breakdown is going to be faster. I don't like that. This is a piece of information. So Eddie was talking about this, wasn't he, during the week? It's gone to like two point five seconds or something ridiculous. He's spoken about it. For for some time, actually, yeah, and he's he's he seems to be trying. He seems to be talking about building a game for what he anticipates the game will look like in France twenty three. Yeah, but when you say that, are you anticipating what the game will be like, or you're anticipating what the game's reaction will be to what it's going to be like? Does that make sense? <laughs> so I'm looking. Will the world rugby try and change the laws to counteract? Well, yeah, that, and also if I know Eddie's building a, a squad for really quick ruck, well, I'll build my defence to slow down the ruck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, how, you're, that's how, how that's how South Africa operate. Yeah. Anyway, if, particularly if you watch the Wales game how, and the Lions game, and it all goes around in circles. I mean, you can't speed up the ruck indefinitely, for one, and two, <laughs> defences always find ways to slow you down. That's their mm. that's their job. So I'm not entirely sure that building a team with that sole focus in mind is a good idea. Maybe. I, don't, I don't think he said he's building a team with that sole focus in mind. That's sort yeah. of twisting what he actually said. Yeah. It's his main focus, though. 
I think that's fair to say. Well, it's, it's interesting because we were talking last week about them last year, the last Autumn Internationals, where all they were doing was working on physicality. Mm. So, it, yeah, I think you're right, Tim. It would not be fair to suggest it's the sole focus. But he's definitely looking at it. Or he's, certainly, he's definitely talking about it. Whether we've actually seen much of it yet, I'm not too sure. But back back to the um, the the so we've done the, the two positives, which which are our true positives from the the false positive, the two negatives from the false positive. I don't want to go on to them too much, but it it highlighted two odd things. First of all, the fact that George Ford, who was excellent on Friday night, which we'll talk about in the other pod, yep. w- is not in the squad. Uh-huh. So that's one thing it highlighted, and second, Marcus Smith, who has been in outstanding form, like it just. Can, seems to do no wrong, was selected on the bench somewhat surprisingly and then stayed on the bench even more surprisingly. Yeah, because he had a knock, allegedly. Apparently, but that's only the rumour, isn't it? I don't think... That, I, I've not heard... I'm pretty sure that's correct, though. I am it's, it's yeah, he, he had a knock, but it, it wasn't that he wasn't fit enough to play. It was that he hadn't spent much time training with the team out on the pitch. So they And Furbank had stepped in in that role... To get some reps, ah, fair enough. Okay, which, so but, it's not, but, not fit enough. He's just not, has, but his injury midweek just meant he didn't have enough reps. In, yeah, basically, yeah. Well, that said, it would be like saying, uh, let me think of an example. It would be like saying um, Johnny Hill's injured, Charlie Yule's. Well, you missed Tuesday training, and you or a bit of Wednesday training. So we'll put Sam Underhill in the second row. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a bit a, like that. I would be, I'd be interested in seeing that. Be interested in seeing that work. <laughs> it's, it's not. Sam Hill has got less game time uh, for Bath in the club game than Furbank. Not not by an enormous amount. Not an enormous amount less. But he has got less game time yeah. there. Yeah, fair enough. Don Don Brandt as a lock then. Don Brandt. Yeah, that that's what it's more like actually. Yeah, because he has played lock. He has for what is Cardiff Met. Well, and for Quinns and, a little bit when he uh, first came in. I think early days, yeah, he did play a bit. Um, yeah, any other positives to come out of this game? Any other thoughts from this game? Because it's 69-3, you can only learn so much from a game like that. I would rather see the Saxons play. Play Tonga? Yeah, legitimately, I'd rather see the, see the Saxons play. Uh, it would be a closer game. I'd also like to see the Saxons play in a regional stadium somewhere. Mm. Now, that's a little bit more difficult because, of course, the Premiership was on... But if the AJ Bell was free... Well, there's, there's six stadiums unused this yeah, weekend. Fair, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, there's. I think the Saxons could easily fill up the uh, the, the stands in Sandy Park. Sandy Park, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, uh, you know bring Re- international Rico rugby. In, Rico would be interesting. Yeah, it would be, actually. Because, really of the, because of Leicester, Northampton... Welford Road would be a great... Central. Um, Sax- Saxons location. Yeah. And play it on a Saturday at three, just, you know... It just would be a better spectacle. And I get it, you need to open up the doors to Twickenham because it makes lo- loads of cash. You have to do that because it, it was 80 odd thousand people in there. Yeah. So they, they needed to do that. <laughs> Although there's no reason they can't do that and, and then the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. I just think it'd be better for everyone involved because, I mean, Tonga did not look like they deserved to be there. And that's not their fault, but they're just not, they're not on England's level. Not even close. Yeah, and they don't get this time together. They've not got the money involved. They've yeah. obviously got a much smaller player pool. They've got um, players flying around from all around the world, so, pay, being paid a few hundred pounds to do this, which madness. Make, it, it seems crazy. What, what I will say, I, I, and I know we would all love 
more close games like the one between Scotland and Australia or yeah. Wales and South Africa. I know we'd, we, we'd love those and we will get plenty of those next weekend, hopefully. But um, I, I will say that I think what a big positive at the minute is, is that the, the new blood that's coming into England is both freshening up the squad, pointing at new potential and new directions which they could go. And I agree that you can't really demonstrate it against a team like Tonga. Um, it's not, 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 you know, not top level opposition, but it also seems to have given a, either a kick up the backside or rejuvenated energy wise. Some of the more experienced players, Ben Young's had one of his good games yeah. and Jamie George, the way he celebrated yeah. that try, you could tell he really meant that. And he was, that's what, that's what I like about the last few weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's a hell of a wake up call because you have no idea what's going on. You wake up in the in the morning, like Jamie George did, and you're effectively a quarter of a million pound less rich. <laughs> Only for a few days in Jamie George's yeah. case. But in, in the Vunapola's case, wow. or, or George Ford's case... I mean, that's a, that's a Range Rover. Gone. <laughs> a couple of Range Rovers, yeah, depending on your spec. Well, yeah, it's spec, but, you know, after, <laughs> after, after tax, we're looking at, we're looking yeah, at a yeah. new Range Rover. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it, it's brutal, actually. It is, but it, Jamie George certainly, and, and um, the Vunny Pullers, um, up to this point, obviously, I know, know Billy's injured, um, but... Well, Mako was tearing up trees for half half a game. Until he came off. Yeah. Um, and George Ford, it's given a... Well, not that he ever needed a kick up the backside, because he's always performed, and he's always given his all from what I've seen, but he is also tearing up trees. Do you know, I think it does give players just a chance to breathe a bit. So George Ford is... The classic example. He, just focusing on Leicester and not having to worry about you know coming out of Leicester and playing a different system and pleasing different coaches and whatever else it may, may be. I think that has given him the, the extra boost to be as good as he is. Mm-hmm. And it must be quite a weight lift off your shoulders. It's also a huge financial hit. And you know it's uh, a hit to your pride and your ego and all mm-hmm. the rest of it. But it must be a lot easier just to know you've only got one focus and that's your club. You don't have to drive to London every, every couple of days, weeks, yeah. stay in hotels, you know, yada, yada, yada. I'm sure you are right to a degree. I'm not sure George Ford is playing significantly better than he does any other time. He's playing incredibly well, but he always does. Well, there's more to Leicester's success, as we'll discuss in the other pod, than just George Ford. But, God, he's in, he's integral. I mean, I, I, think he's been, I think he's playing the best he's played for... Well, since I've, since I've seen him play in the Premiership, actually. Well, it, it does help that the team around him, because for the last, say, th- two, three years, he has been playing exceptional stuff, and he's had a load of magic arts wallowing around him, yeah, flapping around on the floor. I think George Ford is going to... Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, George Ford is going to put himself in a situation, if he carries on playing like he is, where he's just... Just not, can't. Yeah. You can't ignore him. Even, even Owen Farrell would have to be worried about George Ford c- c- coming back. He's playing some nice stuff. Mind you, well, Farrell's just just onto that. What, what do you mm-hmm. both? What would you want to happen, and what do you think will happen with the England ten situation next week, and sort of looking casting your eyes a bit further ahead? So, I I think Marcus Smith, subject to being fit, and he he certainly looked fit when he finished uh, that try. Um, I think he will. I think he will start. I think he's not he's not been brought into the squad to be third choice 10 behind Owen Farrell and George Furbank. No, agreed with that. No, I think it has to be Smith. I think it just has to be. I, I think Smith, I think he will start. I think um, I think 
Farrell, and it's, I said this a few weeks ago, I think Farrell will start at 12, Smith will start at 10, um, and then possibly Manu at 13. Yeah, I can see that. I can see all that. Yeah. Because Manu did look pretty irresistible at times. Yeah. I think, gi- I think Eddie knows how to get the best out of Manu. Yeah. He gives him, it just gives England the extra bites, which they otherwise don't have. Yeah. But Slade again. Which is, which is half the time because when he's injured. Yes. Yes. But Slade again, he's such a quality player, such a smooth operator. That break for just, the, it was for Smith's try. That break was lovely. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. Slightly, he tried a few things which didn't come off, maybe tried a bit too hard perhaps at times, Henry Slade. And there's, there's, there's one area he's not quite as smooth as he normally is, and that's his hair. I can't quite work it out. Just not, yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. It's sort of like, is he trying to do, it's like a very, very subtle, it's like the most subtle mullet I've ever seen. Because it's only <laughs> slightly longer at the back than it is on top. He's he ha- he's really had to tone down the Exeter Chiefs barber to give him a subtle mullet. <laughs> yeah, the Exeter Chiefs is contractually no. I can't make the the t- the, sh- the back sh- shorter than the top. <laughs> this is the best I can do. <laughs> Stacks up, mate. Stacks up. Um, well, Ed Bodger, Ed Bodger emailed us contact edchasers at gmail dot com and he, and he, just on the England midfield he says I don't see Owen Farrell in a jersey besides ten or twenty two. Mm. Uh, I can understand what Ed Bodge is saying there, and I will just make one little observation: is I just I think once again, Owen Farrell is so unfairly maligned by a lot of England fans, and that really, really disappoints me. The guy is one of England's best ever players. He's got nearly a hundred caps under his belt. Well, in fact, it would have been a hundred caps, wouldn't it? Had he is played? Is it ninety-three? Well, it's, do you count the Lions caps? Well, it depends. He's, well, so that in there lies the question. He may have hit 100 caps had he not had a false positive oh, this yeah. week. If the Japan Lions game gets upgraded to a full test match, apparently it's still, it's still unknown. Unbelievable. Well, certainly it? as of a week ago, it was still unknown. There, is, a, there gonna... is an anonymous office somewhere <laughs> in the heart of Twickenham or World Rugby with a, a bit of paper. Is this a test or not? It's like a little tick box. Someone, someone's <laughs> got to do that. <laughs> Just, I, I know haters are going to hate. I just, I really just dislike how there's there's a bee in some people's bonnet and uh, for Owen Farrell, and I, I just don't understand it. I think the reason that there's a bee in the bonnet over Owen Farrell is because he spent most of his time playing for Saracens, and as a fly half, there are harder packs to play behind than the Saracens <laughs> pack, and because they're so pragmatic as well, I think he gets tarred with the Saracens pragmatism. But, you know, you watch him at Sar- in Saracens at the moment, and he's playing some really, really nice stuff. Really nice stuff. And he, he is pragmatic. Yeah. And he's not he's not the best open field runner. I think he, he would admit that. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't run the game like, I don't know, Marcus Smith is, is a good example. He's, he's, got the prote- but, he's also got the tendency to take off people's heads. That's he does, another he, thing. He which... occasionally tackles with no arms too high. Yes. But one of the things that no one talks about, I think the range of his passing... The range and the the selection of his passing is absolutely sensational, and that never seems to get picked up. No, yeah. even when he puts in amazing passes that Smith or Cipriani or others would be. But that's why. Would you like to see him play for a Wasps, for instance, <laughs> or Harlequins, just to see what he's like? Because his two coaches are well, the Saracens system and England. 
Mm. And England are brutal. England are just as brutal as Saracens are. They try and be for the longest time. They go through attacking coaches like no one's, like, like, like no one's business. But it would be nice to see exactly what you can do if you just unleashed him and threw him into, you know, Harlequins. Rassing. Wasps. Rassing. Rassing. Rassing would be cool. Rassing would be cool. Or Clermont. That would be cool. See if you can lose his mind like Dan Carter in, in uh, Rassing. <laughs> Just go completely off the rails. Who's going to be his... Yeah, so anyway, don't, don't get me wrong. I think Marcus Smith is absolutely the future and I hope uh, he gets plenty of game time uh, at 10. It's just I, just, I just, I love Owen Farrell and two things can be true at once and it's okay for both players to have game time. Yeah, well, yeah. is it a case if you, if you have two 10s, you don't, you don't have one? Well, you've got one, one 10 and one 12 yeah. in my mind. Um, anything else on this, point, this game? Because... There is one thing I just want to mention, and that's I feel like Tonga were hard done by with the yellow cards and the uh, less so the red card, but I feel like they were hard done by with the two yellow cards. Why so? Um, so one was for um, a deliberate knock on. Yep. Which he knocks the ball. I hate up. those. If if it's a clear slap down or you are clearly not in a position to take it, fine. It's, it's no problem for it to be a a deliberate knock on. That he was knocking it up, trying to catch it. So he was in a, in my mind, he was in a position to to catch it. It just didn't work out. Just because you don't catch it doesn't mean you weren't in a position to catch yeah. it. So that was one. And then the other one was the uh, collision in the air, where the other wingers, the two wingers, uh, Fafita oh, yeah. and Kata, collision in the air. He gets off the ground, but it's just he's up against Johnny May, who gets off the ground twice as high as him. And therefore, there is an awkward um, collision in the air, and Johnny May lands heavily. And it's—they said he wasn't in the position to catch a ball, but he got off the ground as high as he possibly could. If he was competing against, I don't know, um, Israel Will, Will Well, no, if he was competing against Will Stewart, okay. he gets taken out in the air. Even if Will Stewart gets off the ground as high as Will Stewart, so it's, there's this there's this element of relativity in it mm. that worked against him and it just seemed a bit harsh but then so those two yellows were in my mind they were both harsh um yep. the red red card if you if you go into a tackle upright with a swinging arm and then you clock someone in the head you can't really complain about that yeah i received one of those this weekend against fleetwood did you yeah and what wasn't 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 particularly um forceful tackle and then it all uh, all got a bit handbaggy nice yeah yeah any cards shown no calls were shown. The ref dealt with it absolutely, super, absolutely superbly. Very uh, good. M- mostly because of the fact that I said to the ref, it was a high shot and I acted terribly. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm very, very sorry. I'm very, very sorry. He goes, yep, that's fine. You, you just sent it wrong. You just sent it wrong. Shake hands, boys, play on. Did you buy uh, the man a beer afterwards? I did, actually. Yeah, good a, work. We had a drink. Well, I did because it turns out the person that I thought gave the high shot, it was not him. I, I th- <laughs> so he's like, why, why, why are you grabbing me? Like, what was wrong with you? And then the fly half told me it was him. He was, he was uh, an ex, ex-league boy. But yeah. Uh, good, old, good, good old club, uh, uh, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Very, very, uh, very interesting game. I, I, I just, I'll say there was a, just to draw a, a general theme across the weekend from what you just picked up on, Phil. There was quite a few soft cards. The one for Alan Alatoa for Australia oh, just God. boggles my mind. Yeah, that... That is soft. Now, I, I've got no problem with the try being chalked off because he was stupid. He dives off his feet when he doesn't need to. Yep. But the that as a 
shot to the head. I mean, it was it was so soft. It was it was just like a brush of the the I don't know the the meaty part of his upper arm somewhere near his head neck area. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one, Tim. I thought that was uh, no problem with it. The tray being chalked off, but a bit of a crazy yellow. Hundred uh, percent. And I suppose other people would say, well, he he gave the referee the opportunity to give him a yellow card with his stupid <sighs> actions. Fine, I get that. And the other one was in the Argentina uh, France game. Just, I mean, I know the referee had warned any more handbags, and I'll, I'll, I'll bin you. But it was just wasn't wasn't even handbags. It was it was like holding a little glove and flicking each other. Not even a handbag. It was uh, so soft. But <laughs> that said, I actually just I think the referees have, have added to the game more than they've detracted. But I just yeah, I don't want really soft cards to be given. No, I'd I'd definitely agree with both of those points. Actually, I thought the referees. Um, generally did well. I, I thought France Argentina um, was was um, overall refereed very well by by Ben O'Keefe. I do kind of agree with with the handbags, um, and I thought um, Paul Williams did well in Wales South Africa because that was a tense game. Albeit, I think the second, I think the Reese Carey yellow was a bit that was a bit soft, and it was all it almost felt like he was trying to do it to even things up with Oxniche in the bin, which probably was a yellow card. Oh, actually, no, it was a yellow card, not necessarily for that, but because it was, as um, Paul Williams said himself, because it was, they were on a team warning, there was then a potential high shot by Nishi, which wasn't a high shot, which he delivered well, but then he just steps across um, Nick Tompkins' running line when he's chasing the kick, so yeah, no issue with that Nishi um, yellow just just before we move on, uh, do you have that audio ready, JB? I haven't been able to upload it, not because I didn't want to, but because um, we're having some technical issues. I I we might I can play, you play it on your phone though, right? Play it on your phone into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, I can I can I can do that. So shall I go uh, with the okay, third one? Okay, so we uh, go for number one first. Let's say we, we, we um, there has been more examples of the misuse of the word literally. Yeah. So and, you literally um, sent me some literallys today, didn't you? I literally sent you some literallys, and one of them is literally a serial offender, as you'll just as you'll hear now. Oh no! Being literally bent over and having their pants pulled down is it's an absolute joy to behold. Oh no! That's terrible. Oh no! That, that is literally that that has to go into literally jail. <laughs> The, the literally then, jail. <laughs> and the thing is, that, that, that was our friend. Where, where did you get that off- offending piece from? I know, by uh, the that way. That was from our, our friends at the Mallover podcast again. Oh, my God. And that's I, awful. I'm starting to wonder if they're doing it just to get a shout out on our <laughs> podcast to uh, get advertised. And if that is the case, it's genius because if you listen to number two, JB, it's uh, another member of that same podcast. Overthinking this because. Tonga literally got smashed to pieces by Scotland last week. <laughs> Get to literally jail. <laughs> and moving outside of rugby, uh, there is also an example. Thank you very much to Joe, uh, who got in touch with me, to let me know that um, heir to the throne of the United Kingdom, Prince Charles, Prince Charles is even an offender. Oh, no. COP 26 begins in Glasgow tomorrow. 
Quite literally, it is the last chance saloon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be boozy. Wow. Count me in. <laughs> Get me to cop. Get to Where is the actual last... There must have, was the last chance saloon a, play, a literal place uh, at any point? Yeah. Or is, also, it, is it just from a film? That's hmm. a good question. Because if it was literally the last chance saloon... What is the last chance saloon? Do, I it, think it, it, must, like, it must be a, a bar somewhere in America. Well, yeah, I think of it as like um, a, a cowboy, like Western type. I bet there's loads of last chance saloons now. Yeah. However, yeah, I, I mean, why, why? What was its significance? Would you, would you go there, before, you know, waiting to be hanged, or what was what was the thing about it? I don't know. There is there is actually a. Uh, it's too much for me to try and digest right now but there is a last chance saloon wikipedia page i bet there is which is a popular name of a type of bar in the united states that began to appear in the 19th century as an early expression of border economics Ooh! so um i think that would be quite interesting to read <laughs> very interesting <laughs> i also don't think prince charles has thought his th- thought his analogy through and by the way who gives a shit what Prince Charles thinks? <laughs> By the way, I'm a world uh, I'm a world leader. I've taken some advice from Prince Charles about global management. No, thank you. His his, his or Leonardo DiCaprio or Greta Thunberg for that matter. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, absolutely right. I do not want my elected officials taking advice from these bozos. But you know, this is the world we live in. Absolutely. Uh, um, and also. On um, just one thing before we get to the sort of substantive rugby matters, one other observation. Um, and oh, where's the email that I got about this? Um, uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Uh, we got an email which was from. Oh, oh yeah, from Guy Winston, who says, uh, Boys, oh, great, love the pod, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I can only assume the reason. Um, the island were in their famously traditional magenta and black kit was so the colourblind spectators could differentiate them from the grass. <laughs> well, that, that, is, that is fair. Yeah, yeah, and uh, green and white stripes definitely, definitely clash. So, couldn't do that. Green and white yeah. and red and stripes, we saw, yeah. yeah. Solid green. Um, and we saw, um, and to, to continue a theme, we saw Tonga, who play in red, wearing their change kit, which is white, against a team who play in white, playing in red. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to be this needs to be stopped, doesn't it? That so that that is purely trying to sell kits, isn't it? That is the the sole Who wants like but reason. So I was watching Newcastle play today. And uh, on the highlights, right? Yeah. And my biggest beef with Newcastle is their kit. Because I just looked at their kit they were playing and I was like, if someone just gave me this picture in fifteen years' time and took the badges off, I would have no idea that, that was Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. It could be Saracens, it could be it could be anyone. And I really hate what Newcastle do because I'm not even sure what their I'm not even sure what their home colours are. I think it's black, black and white, isn't it? You would have thought but black. It's and, but not like it's not um, not like Newcastle United black and white stripes. No. It's just mostly black with a, a hint of white and maybe a hint of yellow. Well, I've always thought hints yeah. of yellow, but then they've gone for a blue trim. They've also gone for yeah. a green trim, which is a doff of the cap to the club which Newcastle was founded from, which was I think Goss Goss. Gosforth. Gosforth, yeah, maybe? I think Gosforth, yeah. So, you know, there's a few things going on there. But they don't have a consi- I mean, they've played in grey, they've played in red, they've played in black, they play in also they've played in white. 
So I'm, I'm thinking there's a kit. I've just looked up the 2005 Falcons kit, and that's all black with a bit of white. There's one probably a couple of years earlier than that. Yeah, the Rob Andrew one is black with a bit of yellow. Well, there's one that I remember Wilkinson, yeah. Wilkinson, sorry. Wilkinson yeah. playing in that, which admittedly it's not very much yellow, but that that one was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, the, I'm thinking of the yellow which went... So that to me is like a Newcastle kit. If, yes. you, show, if you showed me that well, the one there with the Northern Rock on it, that yeah. is a Newcastle kit. Northern Rock, um, obviously tough to have a Northern Rock sponsor these days. Yes, pretty difficult. Um, but white, white arms, black body... Yeah. A hint I, of yellow. Yeah. So, these kits mean something. I, who on earth wants the Newcastle Oh, yeah, Balkans? there's another one the year before, which has got the yellow collar. That's it, yeah. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. So, a little bit waspy, that, That actually. is getting a bit waspy, actually. Yeah. So, my question is, who on earth wants the green and grey striped Newcastle Falcons Hitachi kit? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> and if they're trying to sell kits, who on earth wants the Island Magenta kit? Absolutely. No. Who's going to wear that? That that kit is not good. No good. one's going to buy it. No one's going to wear it. Yeah, yeah. And you just said something that I, I will just say. That I thought the I don't like the font of England's numbers on the back of the shirt. That's oh. weird. But um, but you you also said JB. Then you just used a phrase. You said this stuff matters, and it, it is flippant talking about uh, kits. But uh, I'm just looking at what happened at the Principality Stadium and, and South Africa against Wales in their traditional colours. Obviously, they don't care about colourblind people. Uh, where, <laughs> so they were wearing red and green. Hate them. Um, but just think about Ellis Jenkins for a second, and we, we can move on to this game perhaps. Um, yep. But think about Ellis Jenkins and his 30-month recovery from his injury. Yeah. And the one thing that's kept him going through those dark, dark months is the prospect of pulling on that red jersey it's once It's hell of again. a thing, you know. It's hell of a thing. Like Mark yeah. Atkinson this this weekend, getting forty odd minutes uh, of time now in England in, in international forever, worked his whole career for that shirt. It's it's absolutely incredible. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter who it is if you're playing for your nation. It's it's incredible. So yeah, the the colours do do matter. The kits matter. Imagine having one cap in the Island Magenta kit, <laughs> or Avion Lewis Roberts gets one cap in Wales's yellow yellow kit. Oh. Yeah. On a Friday night in the I'll rain, just, it's uh, Canada um, or something. Final stash point from me is just, uh, anyone that knows me, the Argentina and the France kit, I'll have them both for Christmas, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That that France mm. one with the, the curl round, the, the tricolore curl Don't round. like it. Not quite as good as the last one, is it? Yeah. yeah. Don't like it. That's that's exactly my thoughts. They're trying to, it's similar, but they're trying to add too many details. They, they got it right last time. That's their problem. Yeah, I really dislike it, actually. I don't really dislike it. I dislike it. Hmm. Or, or if you hadn't seen yeah. the previous one, you would think it was lovely, but yes. you know what you could have won. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't like this. No, no, I'm not having it. Don't like it. Full stop. Just don't like it. Full stop. This little stripey thing. The, the curled stripey. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it at all. I See, I, I still like the kit because of, like, big picture on that kit. I do like the colours mm. because they're... The exact colours of the French flag. Yes. Unlike, say, the mid nineties lighter blue and other ones in between, they are they're they're great. They're, they are the perfect French yeah. flag colours. If you showed me that picture in fifteen years' time, I'd have no doubt who was playing that game. Yes. There, there would just be oh, no problem yeah. with that. Same with the Wales game. No, no problem. No problem. Who played Japan? Yeah. <laughs> who is this team? Is that is that Georgia? Yeah, exactly. Probably Georgia. Georgia Japan. Yeah. Jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to go next? Um, should we touch on Wales? Yeah, you may as well. Yeah. 
Another plucky, spirited performance, but just ultimately ground out of it by South Africa, who are so they they know how to win when in horrible conditions, when they're not playing particularly well, when they've got injuries and change lineups. Um, they just know how to do it on a combination of um, box kicking, a combination of amazing physicality, great great work at the set piece line out amazing physicality particularly around the rook later in the game when Wales started to tire and they were hitting rooks with one and two and South Africa were just flooding them and that's what made the difference yeah as well as a hundred year old Francois Steyn who's a hundred stone a hundred years old (laughs) playing at fullback and still looks amazing hundred by hundred by hundred he is a massive man isn't he 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 has put on a lot of timber recently yeah do you think Danny Cipriani's put on some weight recently? Yes. I do as well. I Quite a lot, it would seem. Yes. Yeah, it's a good win. Uh, you know, it's a good win for South Africa. Uh, Wales were a bit beaten up last week, to put it mildly. I thought the All Blacks test did no, did no good for them at all. They did very well to, very well to bounce back. I, I don't know why Wales as a nation just tend to... Match match up quite well against South Africa. Always seems to be quite tight. It was quite tight in the World Cup. I think this is South Africa's first win in Wales for four years. So it's not like they've been. I think it's longer than that. Yeah, is that right? I got mentioned first winning four attempts. Four, first, four okay. Attempts. Yeah, certainly first win in the um, Principality Stadium since twenty. In the Principality, uh, yeah, yeah. The last four games in Wales, uh, Wales have won. Yeah, so really, really good effort. I, I'm very impressed with. With, with how they bounce back last week it was all about uh, Anscombe coming back and this week it's all about Jenkins coming back so two nice pieces of good news and Jenkins looked great actually that whole back row which is not necessarily the first choice back row for Wales yeah the whole back row looked awesome but well, as Jenkins has always been known as like a class player yeah so Wales obviously were lucky enough to have Sam Warburton for basically a generation yeah uh, he or, or uh, two thirds of a generation given yeah. injuries okay yeah it was kind of widely known in Wales that Tipperick might be the mo- might be the more effective seven, mm-hmm. and I think quite often that was the case when he was moved over six. And then there was this lad Jenkins, who a lot of people thought was better than both of them, mm. and here he is. And I think when he got his injury, was he not due to captain Wales? I think he was actually was the he captain. Not, was at the he, time. Yeah, was he not captaining against South Africa? Ah, maybe he was. Yeah, there was something weird about it, like it was his debut as captain or second game as captain or something. So it's just. Great, great to have them back out there playing playing rugby. Yeah, well, Wales will be frustrated, disappointed to have lost, having got themselves in a good position. But I, I just can't help thinking that as the dust settles, they're in a really good place because think about the people that weren't available to them: George North, Talupa Falatau, Justin Tipperick, Alan Wynne Jones. Um, there's loads more as well, and I'm just brain yeah. farting them out of my head. Uh, you know, there's but- a. There's a there's a bunch of top class players, and these they've got for once. Wales feel like they've got depth in in the majority of positions. But they're all older lads, aren't they? You know, some, like some are. Jonathan Davis is the captain. He's yeah. thirty two now or whatever. Jonathan Davis, Liam Williams coming off the bench. Yeah, he's, he's older. I mean, they're still phenomenal players, but I don't see where the necessary replacements are of the same quality, and that would be my worry. So they they are they're going to have a problem with Dan Bigger. Hanged up. He's, he's probably got another two or three years left, but well, one more, one World Cup cycle. One more, say. yeah. He's, he's not getting another World Cup, but they're big shoes to fill. Alan Jones, big shoes to fill. Ken Owens, 
yeah. big shoes to fill because line outs better this week but not perfect last week not great um but we did see this as well didn't we with Ireland the golden generation um with O'Driscoll and he, uh, Heaslip and all those boys Rory slow, Best Rory Best slowly uh, maybe he's a bit later but slowly just departing the international scene he he did play on for a bit longer even though he was I mean he was maybe 37 when he played in the last World Cup was he yes okay yeah. Darcy all those boys um yeah O'Gara and, and O'Connell and do you know what yeah yeah they were fine those two yeah Every, right. everyone, everyone's replaceable and I'm sure that Wales will, <laughs> they just need to find, you know start rotating the squad a bit more because you know there are lads in there like Seb Davis for instance who's a quality quality operator give him more time at international level and he'll become a really good international but you need to start making those rotations I would say yeah or maybe they're just going to go with the older guys in into the World Cup you can probably Alan, get Alan winning Ken, Ken Owens well would you take him to World Cup today uh I'm not 100% sure I would. Yeah, probably today. You take him to World Cup two, today. Two years' time. Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see where he's up to. But if you can go today, he can yeah, carry on playing. Yeah, keep playing. Until he can't go, just <laughs> assume that he's going to carry on playing until he can. Yeah, although I think with Alan Wynne-Jones, I've, I, I kind of feel with the Lions, he played because he was available. He wasn't necessarily the best option for the Lions. Yeah. Alan Wynne. And there's... Have been some rumours this week about retirement as well that mm. the injury's worse than initially thought, mm. which is not good. Yes, was it a shoulder that he came off with? I don't know. Is he on a sensor? I no. only watched the highlights of the last um, the New Zealand game. He was um, holding his arm in the same way that he held his arm when he came off against Japan for the Lions. Yeah, also oh, it's a two week, two week issue. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> back in three, yeah. Done. Um, one other thing to mention in this game, the. Uh, the not streaker, but the the spectator who moronically ran onto what? the pitch at that moment in time when Wales are attacking. It was an arse. That is unbelievably stupid. Did you see the pictures of the crowd throwing beer on him? No. Yeah. So yeah, I, I saw that. I feel sorry for the stewards. Then. I feel sorry for the stewards actually because they they did a bloody good job to stop him. I know they didn't stop him. Um, they stopped him, stopped him as he was going onto the pitch, which still caused a major, it's, major issue. It's one of those things, but, isn't it? When someone does it once, like Jarvo 69 or whatever, you're ah, it's quite, it's quite funny. And it is quite funny. Well, no he's, a, he's only it's, standing with the anthem. Yeah, That's yeah. very, very, very different. It's only, it is. But it's only but, quite funny once. Yeah. You know, and like the fact he's done it again this week against Japan, just to rest him though. Like, I've, I've seen it once. It yeah. was funny against the All Blacks. And now he's going to go to jail. That, that's yeah, kind of I'm, 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 I'm very... <laughs> I'm happy, and th- this guy, who uh, if you if you do it at the anthem, fine, do it once, then then straight to jail. Yeah, this guy, if you affect play, and if you affect play in a material way, you're straight to jail. Yeah, exactly you are right. going straight to jail. I've got no problem with that at well, all. The, the flip side on the Jarvo one is, yeah, I agree with you. It was like we, we had a little bit of a giggle last week, and yeah. significantly less of a giggle this time. Um, but what I will say is, he basically did the equivalent of calling up a, last week. He basically did the equivalent of calling up a bank and saying, "I'm going to rob you next weekend." Yeah. <laughs> like the fact that they there wasn't a meeting of stewards and going, "Look, national anthem. We've had this this twerp. Just there might be a copycat, or the same guy might turn up. Just be vigilant." Yeah. Come on. Still, still. have you ever seen the one? Have you ever seen the Conor McGregor walkout video? It's uh, phenomenal. The guy who like fakes the ticket. Yeah, and... fakes a pass and everything. Yeah. 
It is. Because um, he, he finds a shot on Instagram, is it? That's he right. He finds someone has done Instagram and he takes a picture of it or freeze frames it from Instagram and makes mocks it up. Yeah, he makes like his own lanyard. lanyard yeah. And it's like, it says press pass or access all areas on his lanyard. Wow. And he starts wandering around. Anyway, he gets to do the walkout with Conor McGregor. That is cool. It's a brilliant YouTube video. Mm. Uh, yeah, and I and I actively encourage that. If you're going to be clever about it, go go and do it. <laughs> but then if you go to jail, well, that's kind of the flip yeah, side. Yeah. That's the flip side. Yeah. It's, it's impressive well, you know, we, we were the risk talking... is jail. <laughs> yes. We were to, I mean, we were talking about streakers last week, and I think it's acceptable to find that funny. Not to encourage, but just to say, uh, one time I was at a game, and during a stoppage, a bloke who was on a stag do ran out in a maid's outfit. Yeah, because he had to, around he's made not because he's like, uh, he's you're a, a, you know, I don't know. I had to run yeah. on the road. You're, 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 you're allowed to find that funny, but, like, <laughs> but run, running out and almost um, and being involved in the game. I th- we did get sent um, a video of, uh, it was back in the day, and I think it was in South Africa, and it's a, a naked spectator who tackled a player who was running through to score a try. Good oh, God. God. Oh. Well, what was the result of that? Was it a try? Uh, no, he tackled him in, in the 22 as the guy was rampaging towards the line. Yeah, I mean... Look, look, Penalty, yeah, penalty try? Penalty... Uh, <laughs> I would also add this, right? If you're a professional player and you can't score... That's against, a naked man. Yeah, an overweight naked man. Maybe you don't deserve <laughs> the try in the first place. <laughs> and devastating for the player, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> cool fact... A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm. Uh, um, France-Argentina was quite a good game. Yes, it was a great game. This is what autumn is all about to me. Lo- love this game. Love this fixture anyway. Loved it this time around. Very, very interesting. Um, very entertaining game, two amazing kits as we've already touched upon. But the, the two two best things um, is the way that France played towards the end of the game when thing, there was a bit more space, they were offloading a bit more, they just looked so good. And then um, the talent that that is coming through in that French team is outrageous. And the age of the boys, do you know how old Untermach is? Um, Twelve. He's 22. Yeah, I knew he was young. <laughs> Dupont's 24. Um, I think Pernod's 25. Pernod's ace. Villiers 25. Jaminet, who had a great game at fullback, who I didn't even know who he was, um, kicking sticks and looked awesome, is 22. The the old man of the back line is Fiku, who seems like he's been round forever. 
He's only 27. Yes, I, that, that did shock me. Because I thought he was... <laughs> I thought he was again, like 31. Yeah, at least. At least. Yeah, it's a pretty decent team, isn't it? And then uh, Flamini. The guy who I'm basically in love with at the moment. No, Thibaut, Thibaut Flamont. Yeah, Thibaut Flamont. Um, who was... So I rem- remember seeing his name in like Wasp Squad. Yeah, on the bench. Like, a couple of years ago, yeah. Um, I didn't know the backstory that, that was mentioned a couple of times in comms uh, about him five years ago turning up to Loughborough, playing for the fifth fifth team at Loughborough. Um, Lough- Loughborough are a different beast, though, aren't they? They are. And Christian Scotland-Williamson couldn't get in there. First team, yeah. <laughs> Although, here's an but the, the reason, the reason, the reason. Oh, sorry, I've got to say about Christian Scotland. Christian Williams, Scotland Williamson couldn't get in the left of first team to play club rugby. Okay, so you have got Saturday teams and Wednesday teams. I don't know which one's the better one, but the better one he it's, couldn't get in. Yeah, which is pr- probably the Saturday team. Yeah, I guess so. And I was like, they're both fairly handy. Who the hell was the legend that was keeping Christian Scotland Williamson like six foot seven monster, absolute monster? Who is the guy keeping this guy out of the team? So I looked him up. He's like six foot three. He plays for Bedford. I was like, "What? There's something, <laughs> something gone wrong here? University politics or something?" Cleek. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that well, that guy so, is better than the guy who's played NFL. So part of the reason, everything else. Huh? Part of the part of the reason why Thibaut Flamont um, was only in the fifth team at Loughborough is because he was a fly half. What? <laughs> really? Yeah, he was six foot eight, fly half. He was a Belgian under eighteen international. Went to university. Uh, didn't get anywhere near the team. Then he went off to work in, I think it was he worked in the French embassy in Argentina or something like, it was something like that. And he came back about four stone heavier. They put him in the row and the rest is history. Wow. Um, Matt, Ever- Matt Everard um, spotted him. I think he's a Wasps coach now. Got him into the Wasps Academy. He was awesome, and now he's tearing up trees at Toulouse. And what I really like about him is he is just a foil, a really natural foil for a giant man like uh, Wilhelmsa or Viamina. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like nice foils, combo. but I'd rather have two two Wilhelmses. Well, he's he's six eight and one hundred and twenty kg. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not, not small man, is he? But he's but he's got hands. He's got hands, and he can shift. Yeah, and, he's got angles. He can that, run. Yeah, that that line for the try, you can see he can read the game, and he's athletic. I know. Can I just point out how much I love Cameron Walkie? Oh my word, he's a terrifying man. The shoulders on him. The shoulders on him. Walkie and Makalu. Makalu scares the hell out of me. <laughs> off Makalu off the <laughs> bringing Makalu and Aldrit off the bench is just not fair, is it's it? It's not. It's not. These guys, I, they've, got, they've got to be in a. Sh- well, they do have a shot of the next World Cup, but my word, At home. Yeah, they're playing without their normal captain Olivon, who's outrageously good. I really they, hope they win. I really hope they win the World Cup. I'll be backing them oh, as oh, much as any French person. Oh, Olivon, outrageously good and outrageously good looking as well. Yes. Yeah, there's a oh, few of those man. in that team. Yeah, yes, there certainly are. Uh, Intermac and Pernod, handsome, handsome de- devils. It is, it is good to know that, that you won't have to struggle to have the Rugby World Cup on the main telly in the living room at home um, in a couple of years cause when France are on at least. There's something for everyone. Oh, yeah. that, that's that's a, um, a point about the um, England-Tonga game, actually. I was watching it um, Saturday afternoon and my lovely wife, Claire, came into the room and she commented on someone. It's got to be Furbank. He's so striking. No. Not, cheekbones. Not Furbank. Ooh, I will say it was... 
Henry because Henry Slade's messed it with his hair. But Henry Slade? No, and it wasn't it wasn't the handsomeness. It was part of their body which was particularly alluring. What? Mm. He, has, he has the best of a certain attribute in world rugby. He was this the individual. Best. I, hmm. Shoulders. Someone's got good shoulders. Not shoulders. Not ben sh- Talmafuna's Ben Talmafuna's ankles. No, but you're close to the right body part. Someone's quads. No. Calves. Car- oh, so- son- uh, Tani Takalua's uh, calves. Takalua's calves. Calves are incredible. Outrageous. They are ridiculous. Yes, I remember the Falcons. They're very good. They are incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Even in, he's stood around professional rugby players, most of whom are considerably bigger than him, and his calves just stand out. It's standing next to uh, Jim Hamilton. Tammy Fanua. Yeah, Jim Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> standing next to Tammy Fanua, who's 150 kg, and Takalu has got bigger, more shapely calves. Yeah, not relative, absolute. Absolutely. <laughs> they, are, they are incredible. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> Good spot. It, it it disgusts me the the amount of attention Jack Grealish, Jack Grealish gets when you've got Tani Takalua there. Oh, Grealish's calves. He's got he's got nice calves for a footballer. They they must be I don't know thirty percent of the size of Takalua's. Sylvan Wiltord had very good calves. Yeah, <laughs> Grealish, Grealish has, is an amazing name out of left field. That yeah, Grealish yeah. has got great calves. To be fair to the lad, terrible hair but great calves. Yeah, uh, Argentina. I thought gave a very Good account of themselves. Um, you never quite know what you're going to get with Argentina. Are they going to be here to beat the All Blacks, or are they going to get hammered? Someone. Uh, Argentina, in many ways, the new France. Yes. And France are, in many ways, just new France. The new, yeah, the new old France. The new they, old France. They're going to do it this time. World Cup. Yeah, I love this game. I just love the late night. I don't know why it somehow the non-anglophone games are better, but they just are. They they just are. I can't I can't describe it. Yeah, the French kick off eight eight o'clock. Eight o'clock, already bit drunk. Nine, nine o'clock French time. Oh, would it be good to go to that game? Yeah, although, nine o'clock kick off. Although uh, you you finish the game at eleven o'clock. Straight in, to Mojo's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into oh god, Saint Denis. <laughs> Jesus, it could be worse. It could be Marseille. Oh god, don't can, worry, I, don't can I just make me. one observation what? about this game? One observation is that everyone was fawning over Ben O'Keefe speaking French. But nobody said, "Hold on, he's talking English to the Argentinians." Oh, really? I hate, I hate the whole speak French thing. No, everyone should speak English. Mm. Simple as that. Well, you, no, it's fine. It's fine if you can, but it's almost going. But okay, so they speak Spanish, but you're going to speak to him in English. But let's just fawn over the guy who can speak to the French yeah, in French. Look, Volkswagen have a plant in China, right? Volkswagen is a German company and it has Chinese workers. They use the common language of, of English. Because everyone knows it and everyone can communicate. English should be the language of rugby. Simple. In a, in a cockpit anywhere in the world, you have to speak English. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For consistency. So that 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 is a, that is and a rule. No, no more this stupid whinging about oh, or fawning. Fawning over. Yeah, the faux the faux um, impressiveness of it. It's not. If someone can speak every language that the primary language of every country that plays tier one rugby. That then I would be impressed. I'd be very impressed by that. Yeah, fluently. Yeah. How? Yeah. Flu- well, f- uh, is it passable enough to referee a game 
and speak entirely to the captains of both teams. What do you do when the New Zealand Maori play? Does that count? Well, that's South Africa as well. Afrikaans. Afrikaans. Yeah. yeah. But is that the primary dialect? Well, for the Maori, it has to be, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, but oh, what, like, popula- defin- population size? Hmm, yes. Because Afrikaans well, only makes up... I think it's less oh, it's than like Welsh speakers Welsh is like fifteen percent. Yeah, it's hardly anything. Well, if, if you speak Welsh, you can do uh, Wales and Argentina. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, right, uh, Scotland, a famous victory. Yeah, well done, Scotland. No one else? No one else? Uh, no, sorry, I've just looked up. Uh, the most common language spoken as a first language by South Africans is Zulu. Oh, is it? Followed by Zosa. Ah. And Afrikaans would be third. Now, if I'm correct, I believe it's either Zulu or... What's the other one you said? Uh, Zosa. I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, but Zosa. Apparently, that is almost impossible to speak for for, for Westerner. English is fourth most common, though. Yeah, it's... um, it's hard because apparently it involves like sort of various clicks and whatnot. In fact, it's very, uh, okay. very, very difficult to do. So I'll be even more impressed if the referee can speak that. Yes, agreed. agreed. Um, yeah, Scotland, a, a good win. And this is the kind of game that Scotland historically would end up somehow conspiring to lose. Yes. That close arm wrestle against Southern Hemisphere opposition. Um, I know they've beaten Australia before and and fairly recently as well, but not in such a close game. Um, fair play to Scotland to win it, and um, with the, the Russell penalty with about 10 minutes to go as well, was very impressive. Now, I know Australia missing a few players, and a couple of their absolute best players, certainly the, the two that have um, really pushed them to, well, beating South Africa twice this season, mm. um, in Quade Cooper and Samuel Karevi. But it's still a bloody good team, and... Yeah. It's a good result, this, for Scotland. It's the kind of result that is exactly the kind of result they needed. A few noticeable um, players. Uh, Josh Bayliss, who I think is brilliant. Glad to see he's, he's international. Probably yep. come a lot earlier than it would have done, if at all, if he was English. But I think he'll yeah. fit in that Scottish side absolutely perfectly. He works so hard. He's such a good player. Very, very fast. I think Scotland have got a hell of a player there. Yeah, he is a good player. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think he would have struggled to ever get recognition for England yeah he would, he would have been the and, and they've got a new they've got a new talented winger in Ewan Ashman as well oh is that what he played is that what he came on <laughs> no he came on no after he's ten... just got a worldie of a yeah. winger's finish oh right sorry sorry I was like what he, had, he, he actually played most of the game um, Turner went off after 10 minutes but he, his finish was awesome so in the corner Ashman is won, well is, is this his first cap I think it is isn't it uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was his debut. Yeah, yeah. So this is one, of, the first of one of his fifty international caps, which is guaranteed from Eddie Jones. <laughs> Cheers, thanks, thanks for that. Brilliant. Yeah, br- I, brilliant I know stuff. it's a really, it's a really obvious one to to mention, but I think today's game, just like in Paris at the end of the Six Nations, it just demonstrated that as much as we talk about Finn Russell being a maverick, that guy is streetwise and can control a game, and his fifty twenty two kick on about 53 minutes, which led to a period of possession which Scotland scored that Ewan Ashman try from, which ultimately won them the game. I just I just think Finn Russell doesn't get the credit for what an all-round 10 he is. Yeah, I mm. think my views on Finn Russell are 
maybe he's not the absolute highest top end talent. Maybe is chink here or there, or maybe he makes the wrong decision. What is undeniably uh, to his credit now is he never gets phased. The big mm. occasion, like the bigger the occasion, the more he enjoys it, and I think that's why he plays plays with such like such freedom. Yeah, I, he definitely plays with total freedom. He's got a so I I think he's class, and it, there are always there's trade offs with every ten. Yeah, like you pick Owen Farrell, he can't do things that uh, Finn Russell or Marcus Smith can do, but you get so many other positives right right around the park. Finn Russell, there are always going to be trade offs. Yeah, the trade offs are worth it. For him to be classed as a great 10, he needs to win big honours. And he's playing for one of the best clubs in the world. He's playing for Racing 92. He needs to win. He needs to guide Racing 92 to a European title. Or a French title. Or a French title. Does he have a French title? Who has a French title? Mm. Toulouse, is it? Toulouse definitely won it year before last. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with all those things. Uh, I think what makes him different, though, is if you watch Owen Farrell or Dan Bigger... Or George Ford. Or, in fact, our Johnny Sexton says, they take international rugby so incredibly seriously. Yeah. So incredibly seriously. Like, it's a life or death, op- death operation. I don't really see that with Finn Russell. And I think that works to his, works to his favour. Yeah. Like, he trotted on to the Lions with a big grin on his face. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll be doing it Finn's way now. Yeah, we're Instant- going to do this. Instantly lad. made an impact. He did make a big, <laughs> big impact. Not quite enough. Um, yeah, to lose one it last year. Beat La Rochelle in the final. Mm. Who have Scotland got next? Because my impression of this Australia team is it might not be the strongest one that they can put out. I know I know that they are missing players. So, South Africa. South Africa. Now, that's going to be one hell of a test for them. It that's is. It's going to be probably more the one that they want to me- measure themselves against. Yeah, the it's interesting because you... you you often talk about styles make matchups. I yeah. think the Scotland Australia is a better matchup for Scotland Definitely. than Scotland South Africa. Yeah, they could get a bit. A, a, it could get a bit of a pounding. Well, let's let's throw our attention onto the games next week. After we've we've just briefly looked at um, Ireland, and I think there's one there's one thing that that runs across a lot of these games, and it's either the tension or the or the midfield axis. And it's not just England that are wondering exactly what their best combination is. I think we saw that in Paris with France. They don't totally know it. As, as exciting as Dupont, Jalabert and Tamak could be, it didn't quite click. And did you see what Ronan O'Gara said about Johnny Sexton, who got his 100th cap at the weekend? No. Ronan O'Gara said, he's, I mean, he's a dream for journalists and reporters and telly and stuff because he just says stuff that's just so interesting. Uh, he said that Ireland should be looking at Johnny Sexton as an in-case-of-emergency break glass rather than the sole option at 10. I mm. I tend to agree. We only had another international class 10 that they could, that they, that they could call upon. <laughs> if only. If only. If only, if only they hadn't have um, let AJ McGinty go to USA. USA, yeah, that would be that would be the solution now. God, they could do with an AJ. They could do with a Gareth Steenson they or a Paddy, yeah, Paddy Jackson, Paddy Jackson. But, but that that said, and, and in in a similar way to Owen Farrell, there, there's quite a lot of people, just sort of general rugby fans, who kind of malign Johnny Sexton for being, in a very Owen Farrell way, quite you know not exciting. But did did you see the ovation that he got and the way that his teammates uh, 
came and smiled, was smiling and cheering with him when he scored that try. You, you can't fake any of that. And well, I it's... don't know. I mean, look, um, Ben Spencer didn't cheer enough for Owen Farrell, and look what happened to him. That's why they do it. Oh, it's like the story of um, in Soviet Russia. There is <laughs> yeah, they've got a clap. Uh, uh, Joseph Stalin uh, finished the speech and this hall full of people clapped and they kept clapping and kept clapping and it went on for about 20 minutes and t- uh, because everyone was terrified to be the first one to stop. And as it happens, someone who stopped because basically he was passing out <laughs> That's ended up exactly. getting sent to a gulag. Yeah, so I wouldn't, gulag. Put, yeah I wouldn't put too much uh, stock on how much his teammates like him. We all know what's going on there, really. <laughs> Oh, um, I thought it was lovely. It, it, it stirred the emotional uh, part of my of my brain. I liked it. Now, this this was a positive performance by Ireland, and and they were they were playing more freely than I've seen them play for a little while. They were offloading, but they were playing against a Japan team that beat them in the World Cup two years ago, mm. and the Japan just looked a shadow of their former selves. What, what were Japan up to last week? Uh, were they playing? Did they play a game last week? They played. They, they played Australia a couple of weeks ago. Played Australia two weeks ago. So I presume they were just travelling last week. Yeah, yeah. They've not had a game in between Australia two weeks ago, where they they lost twenty three thirty two to Australia two weeks ago. Yeah, not it's, a good result. This it's a it's a terrible result for Japan. It, they they looked. All at see their line out was a mess. They they didn't seem to know what they were doing. They they had no strategy. When when their hooker got yellow carded early in the second half, do you know who they took off? Hello, who? Who would you? Who do you so you're a coach, JB. Your hooker goes down. Or your hooker goes off. Who do you replace him with? So you've got to put a hooker on to throw into the line out. Who do you take off? Probably back row, Labashang or something like that. Okay, Flanker. and if you if you're getting kind of bullied in the back in the pack, so you might need to take look at somewhere else. Wing to take off, maybe Dylan Riley. Maybe yeah, one of your wings t- tomorrow. They took off their fly half. What for ten minutes? What? Which was an odd, odd decision. They just looked. They looked a shadow of their former selves. That's an incredible decision. It's it's a ridiculous decision. <laughs> they they couldn't hit their lineouts. <coughs> They seemingly couldn't with with either hooker. They couldn't should have asked the fly off to throw in. They looked a shadow of the so the last they four took years. They the fly half off. Yeah, I can't think of another fly. I can't think of a single fly half I would take off. He starts their team. I can't think of a single position I would take off less than that. Maybe second row because you, you're going to want your your two starting second rows for jumping when you're hitting. There's, there's almost I, fly off would be the last position I would take off. Scrum off, maybe. Yeah, I'd, I'd take off scrum off before fly off. Yeah, I, like the only way I can see this making sense is if you had like a Ford Farrell combo. Yeah, uh, I don't see that. Do they? Have no. That? Who is? No, Japan don't. No. So it was odd. They were very poor, but they were they were incredibly poor by the stand of the last six years. But even even to how they played against Australia two weeks ago and against the Lions in the summer, they just looked a totally, totally different team. So I don't know if 
whether, whether there's like a bug going wrong, whether there's food poisoning, but they just looked all out of sorts. An, an island, fair play to Ireland, they put them to the sword. Fair play. They did. I've just thought of another reason, JB, why uh, why you need to be careful about criticising Johnny Sexton. He now has a samurai sword. Yes. yes. I've heard all this. Yeah. Samurai sword was issued. I wonder where that'll hang. Like, in... Do Ireland have a clubhouse somewhere? Is there a yeah. lounge in the in Aviva? Aviva? They'll put it up in? Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, Sexton, Johnny Sexton will put it next to his bed in case there's any intruders. <laughs> of course. The baseball, the baseball bat's gone in the tip. It's under his bed now. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd, eat, I'd, I'd eat my steak with it. Every, <laughs> every night. Um, yeah, there must be a room somewhere, or multiple rooms. In fact, I bet every... I know World Rugby has one, actually. I know this for a fact, because a friend of mine that used to work there told me about it. In fact, I'll tell you what he said about World Rugby. It's like, there's just stash everywhere. Memorabilia and stash everywhere. Mm. Right, you can't move the stuff. I bet there's a room in Twickenham somewhere which is full of the most incredible me- like memorabilia. And which have just got no room to put up. And some serious weapons. Hoarders! Well. <laughs> yeah, all sorts of colonial weapons when yeah. they when they talk like Mozambique or something. <laughs> Elephant guns. and. Uh, this reminds me of... of uh, I imagine, Phil, you've listened to this one. It reminds me of an episode of Malcolm Gladwell's... Um, podcast where he's revisionist history and he one of the things he talks about is how uh, museums just ho- and, and uh, art galleries hoard stuff that they have to the point that you never actually n- most of it never ever sees the light That's of day exactly more's right. the pity and there you go well yeah. you've got we could have some stash in the rugby dungeon and world rugby have just got it gathering dust somewhere i'd take a samurai sword in here Several. We we could do with a few. Yeah, one each because it's safer to have one each just in case things get heated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you don't want only one samurai sword. Yeah, you want a mutually assured destruction. Oh, no, but wasn't exactly. that? A, well, it, that sounds like the sort of thing that a, an army back in the day, maybe even the the Japanese Imperial Army back in the day, would have done. Is when there is a just throw one sword down and two fighters and one man can leave. Well, yeah. So. um <laughs> Just on the memorabilia stuff, this will be up in that because obviously Britain being an old an old colonial power. I mean, just the Leicester Tigers itself has something to do with tiger hunting or some, something ridiculous. Or some pelts or <laughs> something attached to a wall. I mean, there'll be so much. Yeah, I want to find. Yeah, memorabilia. Find me some rugby memorabilia. One of the coolest ones I've seen is the Waterloo drum. They've got this really cool drum in the. Um, in in the Waterloo room. Clubhouse. Yeah, which is a good walk, old historic club. Yeah, as you walk out. Um, uh, oral burnt all their uh, memorabilia <laughs> I seem to remember <laughs> tragically I actually have a bit of football memorabilia that is gathering dust and I, I don't want it but I, I don't want to just throw it away but um, so when I was doing the XFM Manchester Breakfast show we had a whole uh, segment of the show dedicated to the to the weird and wonderful stuff that Mario Balotelli did. We called it, it was Balotelli News. We had a funny jingle and everything. And it, it became one of the things that the show was famous for was Balotelli News. Brilliant. Mm. I love Bar- Balotelli News, by the way. It, well, it was good fun. And Mario Balotelli knew about Balotelli News. Man City <laughs> knew about Balotelli News. And an artist made 10 big bobblehead Mario Balotellis. They're oh, about three these. foot tall. And they're kind of in that in that sort of um, what was that company that did those little football superstar model big Gogs, head things? It was, one of, it, it was one of those big heads, but it was a, it was a big Mario Balotelli big head, and ten of them were made. Mario Belli, Mario Balotelli signed them all, had his photo taken with them all, 
and I and I got one of them, and I still have. I still wow. have it. But I haven't got a clue what to do with it. I've got. I wouldn't know I what to do with it. You can't get rid of it, can you? No, I can't get rid of it. But it's, it's probably worth. It's probably worthless because he never turned into a Man City legend. It's him wearing the with his head over his shirt, wearing the Why Always Me T-shirt. So I think them. you're wrong there, Tim. I think you're fundamentally wrong. Okay, he is a Manchester City legend. In the same way, Atina Spria is a Newcastle City legend. Like, <laughs> yeah, they are legends. Right. There's no choice about it. Yeah, why always me? Yeah, they they will be talking about Mario Baratelli long, long after they'll they'll be talking about many other strikers who are much more successful. Yeah, did he go to Liverpool? You're probably right there. Don't know, don't know. <laughs> My football knowledge isn't as good as it should be. I'm sure he went to Liverpool for like a, a, a day or two. He went. Mm. I mean, he's played for definitely two English clubs, maybe even three. And AC Milan and Inter Milan. Marabella's. And he's currently at. I think he's at like. Still only thirty-one. Is he Marseille? He's in France at the moment. Marseille. He's Liverpool. Like. Sixteen games. Yeah, I thought so. I don't even watch football. Well, if if we get so fed up with rugby and we turn it into the football dungeon, I'll, I'll bring it. I'll bring it down. He had fifteen games for Marseille. Marseille. I yeah. bet he enjoyed his time at Marseille. I bet he enjoyed his time at Marseille <laughs> with the rats. <laughs> Um, one of my favourite podcasts and I won't tell you what it is because um, well I just won't it'll give the game away too much but I love listening to them talk both independently said the host, hosts on it who I consider to be incredibly talented incredibly well read people that they loved Marseille <laughs> that is one of the most fun towns that they've ever, they've ever been to I couldn't believe what I was hearing I do imagine it's different <laughs> in the summer we went like late November it's got to be better in the summer it, well, it can't be worse it can't, than, yeah it can't be worse it can't be worse it's just Physically possible to be worse. <laughs> so. Right. That's, Next, um, oh, um, did I mention before? Spain did play against Fiji. Oh, at, go on. At home. Uh, they went uh, 10 points up, 10 points to nil up. And then? Lost 43-13. So I think that's a good game. That is a far better game than, say, the Tonga game. And it's a, it is a fairly strong Fijian team as well. And furthermore, because the Fijians don't get much time to s- stay together, it makes a lot s- more sense for the island nations to stay together playing lower standard opposition until the last two games, mm. or even the last game. Because look what Fiji did when they played France. They actually beat them because mm. it's the last game on tour. They yeah. had time to be together and get to know each other. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at the the Fijian team, to be able to bring Villame Mata and Joshua Tuisova off the bench is always going to be tough for Spain playing yeah. against those boys. It is going to be tough for Spain. <sighs> Tuisova, widely regarded, is probably the most naturally talented rugby player on the planet. He is an absolute freak. Mm-hmm. Destructive. Um, next week's games. Yeah, let's run through them. We have got... Let me get to... So, Italy-Argentina should be an interesting game. It, I, I like this fixture because of the the cross cultures. There are there's a massive amount of Italian Argentinians in mm. either direction. Yeah, there are. Um, <laughs> no, I can't say that. Yeah, I can. Um, Argentina, right? They should they should go and play Germany because, or furthermore, they should do the way that Argentine players go and play for Italy quite a lot, like mm. Sergio Prese and. Dominguez, there must be a ton of Germans of, of German players over there somewhere. He should go and play for Germany. 
because they all run on. Yeah, because they all run there after the after the after the war. <laughs> like there's whole German villages there, unless they just play football in the little villages. I don't know. Probably mostly, but yeah, there, there well, must be a well, few. Why, there must be a few people play rugby there, and not the Germans. Yeah, there must be a few people from uh, yeah. Argentina uh, from some of German descent in Argentina who play rugby. There must be, mustn't there? Hmm. Like, it's surely what is Kremer not a German name? Yeah, sounds like it. Well, he should go. It does sound like it. So you're suggesting his his. I'm uh, not suggesting anything about what his ancestors did. <laughs> I'm not, I did not the, say anything about his ancestors. The rat room. Yeah, or why they're there? I don't know why they're there. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so Italy, Argentina. A way win, but I think it's going to be an interesting game, that one. That's uh, 2 o'clock, uh, 1 o'clock UK time. Where's it been played? Argentina. Argentina mm. by three scores. Yeah, Argentina by 10 points. It's Aye. been played in the Stadio Comunale di Monigo. Oh, nice. Where's that? Treviso, your beloved ah, yes, Treviso. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> How did I make that a mistake? <laughs> um, it was Phil's accent. It was Phil's accent, Jay. You yeah, it was. It he pronounced the, it wrong. Being said in the proper I, I native have, Italian Yeah, I only ever say that when I'm speaking Italian, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you've had uh, half a dozen glasses of Prosecco and a yeah, few Negronis. Yeah, and I'm reading the Italian... Uh, Match program. <laughs> oh, Will Greenwood, big fan of Negronis as well. Now, oh really? Jumping on that spreading. board. Yeah, yeah. Will Greenwood, big fan of CrossFit and Negronis. He he should really do do a podcast. Copying us. Yeah. Um. So the next game, Scotland host South Africa, which I fear is going to be a South Africa win. Yep. Um. Couple of smaller. Ga- so we'll go for the bigger games. So Ireland host New Zealand. Ooh, excellent. New Zealand um, comfortably, the second string New Zealand team comfortably beat um, Italy. I've only seen the first half of it, actually, but it looked like uh, just um, tries from about five yards out based on the first half. Oh, really? Dane Cole's got to, he's just like rolling malls and Dane Cole's pops off the back. Your your boy, Aouma, uh, came off the bench and scored a couple of tries at hooker. Um, and He's awesome. He's someone you've had on your radar for a long time, Phil. Yeah, he is a quality player. Um, Hurricane Tucker Asafa Almua is class. Yes, he is very good. Yeah, explosive. Um, so, yeah, we've got Ireland versus New Zealand, England versus Australia. Mm-hmm. France. Versus... Oh, sorry, we didn't say what we thought for. Uh, what, what do you think, Ireland, New Zealand? I mean, I was pleased that Ireland were very clinical against Japan because I was thinking about this game. And they're going to need to score above thirty points again. They're going to have to take every single one of their chances. I don't see them quite doing it, but I think it'll be close. I think New Zealand by eight. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't. I can't see Ireland winning. The only thing I can say is like, or can see is it's a long or tour for New Zealand. New Zealand. I, re- I really would like to know how they handle it and how they make sure that the guys are men- mentally fresh as much as anything. Well, they did. A good chunk of them, several didn't travel to um, to Australia to f- complete the rugby championship. For that reason, for that reason, yeah, well, I don't blame. It was, it also, a couple, also, couple of reasons. Also, JB Tinder, Tinder, <laughs> Tinder, to keep them fresh. Ah, right. Yes, 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 yes. Of course, of course. <laughs> Swipe right. <laughs> um, so that's Ireland, New Zealand, England, Australia. 
I hope I hope this is a decent England, I think England, England win. Absolutely devastate them. I hope it's a decent win. It's not gonna, they're not going to devastate them, but England will win by... Three scores. I'll say Engl- England by ten. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope so. I can see it being very tight. Scotland's scrum went well at times against Australia, which is... Um... Yeah, well, Australia, both their tight heads go off injured. Yeah. Um... Did they? Yeah. Yeah. Did they move a loose head across? Yes, they did. Oof. That's a tough old shift. Yes, tough day in the office, that one. Um, tough one for Petrus Duplessis, friend of the pod. Yep. Um, and for, former Glasgow scrum coach. And see. probably Sed- and Sedgley Prop. Sedgley Prop. Nottingham Prop. Saracens Prop. Sedgley, you had a week off this week. LSH Prop. I wonder if I've played against him. I probably have, actually. Uh, it was about 15 years ago, maybe more. That yeah, was I've, been, LSH I've been around prop. here for about 15 years, I'd say. You might have played against him, yeah. yeah. LSH. Um, other games: France host Georgia, which is going to be a home win. Yep, uh, big home win. Italy versus Uruguay. I think nice Ur- game. Ur- I like that. Uruguay will win that. Italy. You think Uruguay will beat Italy? Italy A. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think Uruguay will beat Italy because I'd like to see Uruguay against Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Ur- Uruguay, who beat Fiji in the last World Cup, lest we forget. Good point. Um, Good point. Then Wales play Fiji on the That's Sunday. That's a Sunday game, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So this week I am at... Oh, I'll tell you in the club, 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 pod, uh, club pod instead. Uh, yeah, so Wales for that one. And Canada travel to Belgium. Tonga tra- play the French Barbarians. Japan play Portugal. That's an interesting one. We would, would like to see that. And Brazil play Zimbabwe. Uh, ooh. In Stellenbosch. One of these days, Zimbabwe will be good. As a double header with Namibia, Kenya. Uh, what, where, where? Where? Where is this? Uh, both those games are in Stellenbosch. Oh, what? That's wine, a great place to wine region. That's a great place to spend a weekend watching rugby. <laughs> it would be an excellent place to to watch rugby. A double header in in wine region. Yes. Do you know what? If we weren't on the back end of a pandemic, it's a little bit easier to travel. I, I'd be very tempted to that. <laughs> fly in, fly out. You could do that on a weekend. Mind long, you. Long old flight for a weekend. You can't get direct. No though. jet lag, though. No jet lag. It's fine. Yeah, true. No jet lag. You uh, can go direct from London. From, yeah, you go direct from Heathrow. You go on Friday, Friday morning, get there Friday night, a yeah. few beers. 12 hours. Double header, get back on, get, get back on the plane. Hmm. Sounds good. That sounds awesome. Yeah, the, the, I mean, instead Chicago of being at a bar, you're just you're on a bar at yeah. thirty thousand feet. Simple. Exactly. <laughs> have you done the? Um, have you done the? Bre- oh, we're rambling now. Have you done the the breakfast in Manchester, Manchester Airport? Where, where, where do we have breakfast, Phil? The Radisson Hotel. It's great. This is great it's little tip. Really good. Um, it's it's like twelve ninety five for bottomless breakfast plus bottomless Bloody Marys or Prosecco. Thinking, of course, everyone's going to come there for breakfast. Uh-uh, not if you're travelling to... Japan. Japan. So we got Pre-load. nice and tanked up there. Yeah. 12 quid. Ah, that is Endless Prosecco, mate. That is excellent. Right, right. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up then, JB. Yep, so you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon. Go and find us on Patreon. That's really useful. If you go and do that, we'd be massively grateful. And we'll give you some content next week, a little bit of a bonus podcast. Um... 
Tw- uh, Twitter is at Rugby Podcast, and I think that's everything. So if you enjoyed this, you're going to absolutely love the Premiership Podcast because it's going to be even better. So for me, Tim and Phil, I will see you in about 15 minutes when you put on the next one. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.